Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Today broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Interesting. We've got a lot of factors that are kind of feeding in. It's kind of like a little creek that's running that eventually is widening into a river. And we're going to talk about all that that's feeding into this crop, especially from a you know, grain perspective, we've got China back in the market. Uh, basis, a lot of questions about what's happening in the basis. More importantly, what's happening in the crop? Western Corn Belt versus Eastern Corn Belt. We're going to get those details and a lot more today as Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Advisories. And want to start out, let's talk about China back in the market buying U.S. beans. And I think there was some uneasiness not knowing how this whole Nancy Pelosi, Taiwan, China situation was going to work out. Yeah, the, there sure was. I mean, she visited. There were some threats going across, you know, the web. You could see them on Twitter. There were some different articles posted. But it was kind of like stay away or else, you know, we could, um, you know, have you uh, fall victim to an unfortunate circumstance. I mean, there was that type of stuff going on. And uh, obviously she landed. She took off again. And now they're buying soybeans. We see them book some for September. I think that we're going to be uh, getting more of those bookings just because we're the cheapest in the world from September out through mid-January. And so I think that is uh, good for our soybean market and one of the reasons that we are higher uh, here today. Well, let's look at that. Uh, when you look at the, the pressure you would think would be coming from South America as their crop is in the bin. But obviously, the price-wise, you're saying that we're better off. Well, yeah, we've seen FOB prices rising in South America, um, and I'm talking September forward here. And they, they, you know, that would just be evidence they're running out of beans. You know, they had a smaller crop. We all know that. But they've been very active in selling uh, to their client list here over the last two months or so. And we've seen that export demand lag over here for U.S. beans, U.S. corn, and they've been very active. But now we see those FOB prices rising, and that's going to give us a chance to slip in here and now take over for this fall period into, you know, midwinter before they come online again. So that's very supportive. We look at the crop here and I want to, before we jump and in, jump into crop conditions and what you're hearing, what's going on with the basis? We had a, a comment that came off of social media asking, and will basis be stronger in the west of the Missouri River over the next 14 months? Obviously, because we wonder how this crop's going to turn out. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that you'll see that. You know, last year uh, we had some weather scares out in the western Corn Belt. There was some much-needed rains that came through early to mid-August and kind of saved the crop. And then there was some record yields out west. But then the basis started firming up, and the basis, uh, especially on corn, was way firmer out west than it was in the east. And we know how much livestock is produced out west. We know how much ethanol is produced out west. And it's out there because that's where cheapest basis uh, has always been. And now we're seeing some maybe yield deficits that have pushed those basis levels to records. And if you take a look at what's going on now, Susan, I mean, all these producers that are listening to this show know that anything west of Des Moines, west of the Missouri River, I mean, there is a lot of problematic areas, southeast South Dakota, northeast Nebraska, parts of western Iowa, parts of Minnesota, Kansas, down into Missouri. Those areas are going to remain really firm on basis as we move into next year, especially if that crop ends up being short. I saw some comments, too, as well. Producers saying, boy, we may have to chop this year, and I hope I have enough 
to even justify. So it kind of shows the dire straits that are happening in some of these drier areas. Well, yeah, and with the you know hay you know hay uh, acres have been way down um, for the last few years, and we know that feed has been somewhat short. We know that some of the sorghum yields, milo yields, are probably under pressure out in the west, and so this all feeds into will we have enough feed? And obviously, that's going to be a bidding war between the livestock people and the ethanol people uh, to get that corn or get those feed grains secured. So it'll be interesting, but I think that's an opportunity for the growers. That's not so great for the the people who need it, the end users, because they're going to have a hard time fighting to get what they need. Well, here we're sitting the 4th of August, and, and pretty soon the combines will be rolling to our neighbors in the south. Having said that, what are you hearing about the southern part of U.S. and crop conditions? Well, I think conditions have improved down there here recently, but, you know, there there's always some stress in every region of the country, but I think we're sitting really good in the east, and and that's eastern half of Iowa and on east. Is there problems? Oh, sure, there's always some problem spots. But overall, I would say we're in pretty good shape. I think the real question marks are the western Corn Belt. And with the weather forecast we see, it's going to continue to be the place where we got to watch how crop conditions decline. And I do think they'll continue to decline out west. I'm not sure we go up enough out east or down south to make up for that. But I do think that we got a sizable crop coming uh, in a good chunk of the United States, it's just whether it can offset what's happening with the deterioration out west. You know, Darren, it's it's so easy to get pigeonholed into what what's happening in your backyard. Let's look at the eastern corn belt. We don't hear a lot about, except it's practically near perfect again, is, is the descriptions we get here in the western corn belt. So what are you seeing out your backyard and the conversations you're having with clients? Well, as far as out our backyard, I mean, the crop from the, the road as you drive and the, the grass and in the ditches is all green and, you know, you don't have the stress. I mean, plants look big and healthy and so on and so forth. You do have, when you get in the fields, you do have some tip dieback. You have in a few places where maybe they were stressed to have a pollination. You have some pollination issues. These are not significant. They're not going to like, oh, wow, we got a terrible yield out here. Overall, things look great. Grain fill is, is starting to happen. We've been cooler out east than they have out west. I mean, we haven't ever really gotten real hot here. And so with plenty of moisture, and, and yes, we've been warm, but not overly warm, uh, we got a pretty good crop coming here. So I think when we talk out east and some of the, the conversation we're having with growers is just trying to get those fall needs taken care of. I'm friendly corn past November, especially. on. So, well, stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to talk more about these weather models, um, some interesting things happening headed towards the weekend, how it's all going to affect the trade. It's the final, final bell. Building relationships to help you succeed is our goal at Fontenelle Hybrids. Here's Verniel Moritz, a Fontenelle dealer near Windside, Nebraska. When you sit with a customer and figure out what hybrids are going to work the best on their farm, and, and then in the harvest time when they come through and perform very, very well, it's, it makes you feel good that you place their products in the right place. For more, contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticides is required. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry. And, of course, we talk a lot of what we're seeing out the back doors when we take a look at these crops. And I know a lot of struggles happening from this grain perspective. Having said that, Darren, we do have the weather models, the two that compare each other. And sometimes they're absolute polar opposites. And sometimes they bring some glimmer of hope when it comes to rain. 
Yeah, that's right. And we've seen such disparity between the Euro model, uh, European solution, and the GFS. The European has been much wetter uh, looking for soaking rains to come through the heart of the Midwest, and the GFS has been much drier. And I would say over the last few days here, we've seen maybe the rains be short of what the forecasts were, especially what the European model and that solution was forecasting. And so they've been somewhat of a bust, especially for places like Iowa and western Illinois. And so if you take a look at the last 30 days of rainfall in some of those areas, you know, they had less than half to one inch across the majority of those areas. And so those are big corn growing areas. And I do think that we have to really watch what happens this weekend. As the last two or three days, we saw less rain happen in Iowa. We have forecasted rains all the way through Monday, so kind of the 5th through the 8th here, tomorrow through Monday. And as you look at that, if we would come in here Sunday night into Monday and those rains have been disappointing, I really think Iowa could have some real trouble, not not as much in corn because it's further along, but in the soybean crop. And I think that's also what had beans excited today was these weather models. Will they confirm or not? It could be a big Sunday night opening. Well, let, let's talk about that because there's a lot of factors. As you and I were talking um, off during the commercial, there's a lot of different things that are factoring in. We've got that jobs report that comes out tomorrow. Do you expect or are you hearing any rumblings as to how that might have an effect on the trade? Well, I mean, I'm expecting that to be like 258000 but let's say it was sub-190 or sub 200. Uh, that would be really supportive to corn and beans because that says that, you know, the feds are going to have to be less hawkish, more dovish. The economy is shrinking. The jobs numbers weren't as strong. And therefore, you know, commodities will have more of an upswing here. But if it was a very strong jobs number, and that's going to be at 730 Central Standard Time tomorrow morning, then that could be a little bit bearish for the, for the grains because it says they have to be more hawkish and more aggressive with more interest rate hikes. So I think that's one part of it. But then everybody will quickly turn toward the noon models, right, before the weekend and what's going to happen over the weekend. And so I think tomorrow morning's runs with the 0Z and then the noon runs at 12Z, those are going to be important. But with with Europe in such an entrenched drought and the next 14 days not being any relief from that, and they're getting through, you know, halfway through August here with no relief. Their row crops are under stress, and we know they're going to have to import 10 million metric tons of corn. That's a big deal when we're coming into what possibly could be a make-or-break weekend. So it really bears watching. You talk about that weekend pressure. How does one market or prepare themselves to market Sunday night into Monday with so many cliffhangers out there? I don't know, man. If somebody <laughs> listening could tell me, they should send me a message. Um, you know, it's kind of one of these things where it's, you know, beans are going to be up 40 or down 40 probably. I mean, you know, it's just flip a coin. It's, you know, a guy can always buy puts and make some incremental sales, but you really don't know what's going to happen until it happens. We're seeing so much volatility, but it is going to come down to a flip of the coin. Is it drier and do we miss the rains and look out above? Or, man, they were better than expected and you know, here we go down again. So I think in this 1437 area, 1440 area beans, big selling opportunity. If we can get there uh, into tomorrow even, right? And and then, of course, corn in that 615, 620 area looks to be good to me right now. Uh, barring a complete 
breakdown of these uh, rain forecasts, right? Because that just game over, here we go up again. Well, having said that, looking at the livestock perspective of all this, Darren, I mean, there's a lot of pressure building for them as they watch the dryness continue and, and their feedstocks continually changing. There really is. Yeah, there really is. And and I'm I'm friendly, you know, the livestock, I think they can go higher. And we've seen, you know, some pretty good uh, moves here, especially if you look at the hog market, for example. It finally is starting to have uh, some ups to it and starting to break out and trying to clear some higher territory here. Uh, cattle are somewhat sluggish, had a good day here uh, midweek, um, but, you know, kind of a non-impactful uh, day-to-day, kind of an inside day. But I really do like the proteins for higher here. As long as we don't get in a deeper session, I think they have the fundamentals to kick them higher here as we go through the fall and winter of 22 and into the spring of 23. So I'm looking up there. Today, what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, they can always give us a call uh, at 866-249-2528 or look me up on Twitter at Fry underscore WSS. Well, thanks so much. Darren Fry has been joining us today as we remind folks commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that might not be suitable to all investors. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. You can check this out and past episodes through the podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe for your free podcasts. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.